Welcome back to the Salty Community Podcast. I'm Colleen. We are a community of people dedicated to helping you grow your personal relationship with Jesus. We emphasize the truth and foundation of Scripture and give you tools and opportunities to experience Jesus in a personal and unique way for you. God's kingdom invites us into an interactive relationship with Him, and it's our desire and focus to help this be a reality for each person listening. This group becomes a safe place to grow into what more of the Holy Spirit has for you. Hey, this is Deanna, and today we are going to be talking all things discipleship. Before we jump too far in, I think it's probably a great idea to define what this very churchy Bible word means. What does it mean to have to disciple someone? What does it mean to be a disciple? And therefore, what is discipleship? Mm-hmm. Um, probably the thing that we have today that maybe is the closest is like a life coach um, or a mentorship or something along those lines. Um, there's a lot of teaching involved. Um, there's a teacher and someone that and a student. Mm-hmm. But there is also, but it goes beyond that. It's more than just sitting in a classroom and listening to a person lecture and give you information. It is very much a doing life together. Mm-hmm. And in that doing life together, the student's goal mm-hmm. is to become like the teacher, not just to receive information from the teacher, but to actually become like the teacher and be able to do what the teacher does. Mm-hmm. So with Jesus and the 12 apostles that he had, they, weren't, they were absolutely receiving information from him. He was... Mm-hmm for sure teaching their classroom setting was typically in a house or on a hillside or whatever or in a boat for heaven's sakes um so there's no like you got a structure kind of thing Mm -hmm. that goes but they spent three years with him so they learned not only it's almost like an apprenticeship Mm -hmm. to be honest with you so if somebody was going to apprentice um, with my husband, and he's had several. He trains horses for a living. And so when people are working for him mm-hmm. or doing an apprenticeship with him, they are wanting to learn what he does, but they also need to see him do it. Mm-hmm. So there is a combination. You are learning from someone who has actually accomplished something that you want to accomplish, and their life looks like what you eventually want your life to look like. Mm-hmm. So... Um, so when I, so I haven't done a lot of discipling, but I have been discipled. So it is a different, um, I guess, I've had a few instances where I have been able to disciple for short periods of time, but I think I'm going to come at this podcast with a little bit of a different, I guess you can decide, because you were, you are my mentor, and so... I bring the perspective of a disciple being discipled rather than a disciple doing the discipling. Does that make sense? Yes. So when we very first, you inherited me. <laughs> yes. Um, you know, there was this conversation that was, well, we want you to do this, but this is what you get with it. And I was the what you were getting. Um, Deanna, our, our relationship started... Like, we literally went to the grocery store together. Like, we did live together. We went to Target. Like, when we, after Bible studies, like on Friday mornings, you would say, hey, let's go do this. And our conversations would be 
about the Bible study or you would teach me something or so it was very much not what I had pictured or what I thought discipleship was and I think when you're saying you know it's not just sitting in a class but I think a lot of people think that discipleship is you go to church you listen that's being discipled and that's really not being discipled not my experience anyway no because it's very one-sided when it's just mm-hmm. information coming at you, but you're right. not getting to see what it looks, looks like, like lived yeah. out. Exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah. It would be, I can't even imagine if Troy was trying to teach someone how to train a horse without being on a horse and mm-hmm. the person being at the barn day in and day out to see what he does mm-hmm. when this happens or that happens. Yeah. And that is exactly what Jesus did mm-hmm. with the people following yeah. him. Oh, we've just run into someone with leprosy. Oh, we've just run into mm-hmm. someone, you know, that hates me, the mm-hmm. Pharisees, or we've run into, you know, we just hit a storm. What do we yeah. do? Like mm-hmm. they got to see how he reacted to things coming at him mm-hmm. um, with no real planning. It's not like he said, okay, if we run into this, this is what we're going to do. They yeah. just saw it happen. Yeah. I have a really good example of that. So when you do life with somebody and they have children and you see them raise their kids, right? And you see how they handle a situation with their children in a godly way. And then you get in the same situation and you're like, I know what to do here. Um, I'll be really transparent. Me and my daughter were watching this TV show that was not good. And all of a sudden, I was seeing behaviors in my child, and had I not stopped and listened for the Lord and prayed, which is what I learned by seeing someone else do it and, you know, teaching their kids in that way, I wouldn't have done it, and I knew exactly what it was. I knew it was the TV show that was letting in something and creating a behavior, but I would have never known that had I not seen someone else do it. Right. Had I not been doing life with somebody who was um, raising their kids in that way. For sure. Um, So typically, well, as far as I know, other than Jesus, if you are going to disciple someone else, you have to have been discipled Um, because it is a learned thing that you pass on. It's generational. Mm -hmm. Um, It's one of those things that I very much love about discipleship is it's a very multiplying. Mm -hmm. It's not an adding one plus one. It is a multiplying that God does. Um, I have been discipled by three people that I could like straight up say these people have had Mm -hmm. a huge influence in my life and I did life with them over a period of time. Mm -hmm. Um, Two of them still have lots of space to speak into my world. Um, so, um, discipleship is a generational thing. It is a spiritual heritage where people are pouring in almost in a, a spiritual mother-father kind of way. Um, so, discipleship didn't start with Jesus. It was not his idea. It is the, the model that he chose to do life with, and it is also the model that he has, has told us, commanded us to use as we build his kingdom, as he builds his kingdom through us, really, is discipleship. So, But it did start with Jesus. So an Old Testament example that I absolutely love is Elijah and Elisha. I love this story. They, the cool thing, what is so interesting to me, is Elijah was at a super low point. Mm-hmm. Um, he shouldn't have been, but he was. He was exhausted. He was spiritually and physically exhausted. He had 
you know, had this huge battle, but then he knows this evil Queen Jezebel is like out to get him and he runs from her. He has this encounter with God and he straight up says, I wish I was dead. Mm-hmm. Like he was ready to be done. He was ready to be done. Mm-hmm. He felt all alone. Um, God, even though God assures him, hey, I have others. I have 7,000 set aside. I have this remnant that still love me and that hasn't bowed down. But he felt alone. Mm-hmm. And so God basically says, get up. It's not time to die yet. <laughs> and he gave him someone to pour into. He did. He gave him someone to disciple, and that was Elisha. And so he goes and throws his cloak over him, and Elisha has this sacrifice, and then he mm-hmm. follows Elijah. Right. And so I think it is so cool that Elijah needed Elisha just as much as Elisha needed Elijah. That's right. And it's very unfortunate that their names are so similar. Similar. Both of them at the same time. It's a little confusing. But what is so cool to me is they needed each other, Mm -hmm. and both were blessed. And that is very much true of discipleship. Yeah, and you see the picture of when Jesus says, deny yourself give up everything and follow me because it's exactly what Elisha did. He did. He gave himself no other option other than to do that. Yes. And so he follows. And so they do life together for a period of time. And now Elijah knows, Mm -hmm. finally God is taking me home. And so Elisha goes to him and says, hey, can you give me whatever I ask? And he's like, eh, it's not up to me. Um, he says, I want a double portion of your spirit, mm-hmm. which is such a really cool request. Mm-hmm. I want a double portion of your spirit. And Elijah tells him, you know, well, I'll tell you what. If God allows you to see me go, then you'll get this double portion. Mm-hmm. And so Elijah tries to shake him. He's like, <laughs> hey, I'm going to this other city. You stay here. And Elisha stuck with him like nobody's, like, you are not leaving me behind. Mm -hmm. And he stayed with him city after city. The story can be found in 2 Kings 2, 1 through 15. Mm -hmm. But it is, it's almost humorous how he just kept trying to get rid of Elisha, not in a bad way, but I think he didn't want him to be sad. I don't think Elijah knew what was coming for Mm -hmm. sure. He for sure did not see himself being taken away in a chariot and, um, into the heavens, but that is exactly what happened. And Elisha got mm-hmm. his double portion. Yes. Um, and even just from a place of scripture, we know that in scripture, and of course everything is probably not recorded, mm-hmm. um, that they did, but it does appear that um, Elisha did double the number of miracles mm-hmm. that Elijah did. So yeah, that feels kind of double the spirit. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important to add here that when you want to be discipled, um, you have to be ready and willing, and you have to be willing to chase after what you want. Um, because you can sit back and say, I want to be discipled, but there's nobody. Or you, if you want it, you can go after it and you can get it. And it, he was just so persistent. He yes. knew what he wanted, he knew what God had said, and he went after it himself. That is really cool because it's one of those things that I haven't given a lot. I have given some thought to over time, but we know that Jesus had this inner circle, right? Mm -hmm. He had the 12, but then he had Peter, James, and John that were in that closer, tighter circle. Mm -hmm. And we don't know if he chose them for the circle or they chose him. But one thing I do know just from personally doing life 
um, is that the people that press in and want it end up becoming your inner circle Mm -hmm. because they're the people that are going to keep showing up and keep asking questions Mm -hmm. and getting closer. And so I just have to believe that those three guys um, wanted it just a little bit more and they pursued it at a, um, with more intensity. Mm -hmm. So the level that you give into a discipleship relationship has, it very much Mm -hmm. shows how much you're going to get. Um, typically, um, the person doing the discipling is not going to chase you down and, Mm -hmm. and force you because then it is not discipleship anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, discipleship, it starts, one of the things I have discovered, it starts with random, like no offense, but random, like yeah, I it is very random. We didn't know each other from Adam. I yes. mean, very random. Yes. And then, as the discipleship happens, mm-hmm. then friendship and intimacy and closeness mm-hmm. happens. Um, that God just brings into that. Yeah, it doesn't typically start. You're probably not going to disciple your best friend, mm-hmm. and you're not going to be discipled by them in the beginning because it, that's awkward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it usually starts out mm-hmm. in a more random way mm-hmm. because if you think about it. Ideally, mm-hmm. Jesus could have discipled his own family, his own brothers who had lived with them. But he, but he didn't. He didn't because mm-hmm. it was an established relationship and they didn't believe him. They didn't. <laughs> they didn't. Silly people. They didn't believe him until mm-hmm. he, re- you know, he had raised from the dead. I know, and I sit here and I say silly people, but I'm thinking that if my brother was the Messiah and I had lived with him, would I really have believed that he was who he said he was? True. I don't know. I don't know either. <laughs> so I'm not going to play dad's right. on that. But I, um, I do think it's interesting. So yeah. that is an example from the Old Testament mm-hmm. of discipleship. We know in the New Testament um, and just how the Jews um, did things is they had rabbis, and those rabbis would be traveling, and they would have people that followed them. More commonly, the student would choose the rabbi. Jesus did it different, and he chose his students. Mm-hmm. Um, but those rabbis would travel around, and those students would stay with them until they were ready to go out. And you even have people that are called like the rabbi of rabbis, mm-hmm. a rabbi who teaches other rabbis kind of thing. You have all these levels, but the important part is that this was a system that was very familiar to the Jewish people. Mm-hmm. Um, now, one thing that should probably really quickly be said is a rabbi chose students who were students. He didn't go choose fishermen and tax mm-hmm. collectors. Like Jesus's, um, his group, his Talmud is what it's called, and I may be pronouncing that wrong, but his group of disciples um, were not were typical. In, not even close. Yeah. And it's also interesting to see that those disciples when you just looked at the group, the only thing that connected most of them was Jesus. Mm-hmm. Now, we had, you know, four fishermen involved. We mm-hmm. had a zealot. We have a tax collector. Like, we've got some different mm-hmm. some different things happening. But what we know is the most important thing that connected them was Jesus. And I would, I would venture to guess, just based on, you know, the acts and church history, that when Jesus left, they did not go their separate ways. They stayed together because that common denominator of Jesus was enough to keep them together despite mm-hmm. their differences. Yeah. So something that I was reading, I read John, like, the first few chapters the other day, and it was on, um, it caught my attention, and you can maybe you can speak into this. I, um, I noticed that Andrew was one of John's disciples. 
I did not know that, Deanna. He was. I didn't know that. So I'm thinking, okay, the person that made the way for the Lord was the very first, he was like one of the first chosen. Yeah. So he, I don't know if there's any significance there or it was almost like the convincing of him would not have been, he knew. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And he trusted John. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? So much. I can, if you told me that the Messiah was coming and you said to me, I would totally, but you see what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Because oh, sure. there's like this trust and this, um, you just come to a point where you just trust and there's so much value yes. in what is said from you to me. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. And I also think it shows Andrew's eagerness. And to be taught Mm -hmm. and to be willing to, um, that he was sensitive. His heart was sensitive to Mm -hmm. the move of God. Yeah. Um, And that he brought people to Jesus often. He brought Nathaniel to Jesus. Mm -hmm. Like, he brought his brother. Right. So he he definitely had a sensitivity to the Mm -hmm. spirit. Yeah. And. um, But I had no idea. It was John's disciple. There you go. Learn something. So discipleship was how Jesus changed the world. Mm. He obviously had a group of disciples. We've discussed that. Um, And those disciples, um, and he even had other followers that he sends out. We know at one point he sends out 72, and then he sends out more. Um, So discipling was how he did it. He did not say, I'm going to have this building. Everybody come to me, and I'm going to stand on this platform, and I'm going to preach to you. That is not how Jesus changed the world. He changed the world one disciple at a time. And then because he had 12, when he sent those out, those 12 could then have people they discipled that they could send those out. And so if you could just almost see like a branch of a tree, mm-hmm. like, and it just keeps multiplying and growing. Um, and his um, command, his directive to them as he is leaving was go and make disciples of all the world, mm-hmm. teaching them all that I have taught you, mm-hmm. all that I have shown you. So he didn't say, go and start churches. Mm-hmm. And I'm not, I mean, because here's the thing. The church should be and could be and maybe in some places is mm-hmm. a group of disciples that have learned from someone. Mm-hmm. And, and if there's a bunch of them in a, a group, then it's just a natural group that forms. Mm-hmm. Um, it what we have turned into church, what started so far back, mm-hmm. that bringing pe- is um, our way of trying to turn a relationship, which is what discipleship is based on, is yes. relationship, mm-hmm. and we have turned it into a program mm. um, or religion yeah. um, or something along those lines, and it doesn't work, and we're seeing that it doesn't work. Like, yes, the church maybe have maybe is multiplying, mm-hmm. but is the kingdom of God multiplying? Exactly. Are we really making disciples? Right. Because Mm -hmm. the kingdom of God, to advance Mm -hmm. and to be the leaven um, in the world, it's going to happen through discipleship. Mm -hmm. It is going to happen as lives are changed, not just as people Mm -hmm. sit on a pew, but as lives are changed. And Mm -hmm. I am going to encourage you all day to go sit on a pew, but I'm also going Mm -hmm. to encourage you all day to be in relationship with someone that is discipling you and then ask God to give you people to disciple when you are ready because Mm -hmm. that is his method. Mm -hmm. That is how he wants things done. That is how he established that the world would be changed Mm -hmm. was through discipleship. Mm -hmm. Um, And... 
I think when you're truly being discipled and you see someone else's life and you see the fruit of their life and you see their relationship with God and then that person says to you, you can have this relationship just like I have. And then they teach you how to have that relationship. Deanna, you, there's nothing in you, like, and I don't even know if I have the right words for this, but you just want to give it away. Like, it's like he puts it inside of you to say, I want somebody else to experience this too. And I think true discipleship is is that. It's like your heart is just there. You know what I'm saying? Oh, for sure. One of the coolest parts, and that's what I was saying, both the disciple and the person doing this discipling are both blessed because mm-hmm. there's usually, it is so exciting to have a relationship with God and with Jesus that is real and interactive, all the things we've been talking about. Mm-hmm. But sharing that, mm. it just adds to your relationship to get to experiencing it with someone else to see their excitement and to see the differences because our relationship with God and with Jesus is not going to look exactly the same because he made us different Mm -hmm. and we're not supposed to take our relationships with with each other or our relationships with God and compare them like oh is hers better than mine or (laughs) hers is different they're not to be compared but Mm -hmm. they are absolutely to To be be shared shared. absolutely when we share them Mm -hmm. then both people all the people involved their faith is fueled Mm -hmm. in that sharing because you see what God can do Mm -hmm. and you can say hey I want more of this or I want more of you And he is never going to turn down a request when we start asking for more of him and we're truly seeking him. Mm -hmm. And that, watching other people have those light bulb moments Mm -hmm. where they have seen God, where they have experienced him, where they've heard his voice for the first time, and their eyes light up from the inside. And you know that God is doing a work and that he used you Mm -hmm. to be part of that process. It's both humbling and incredibly exciting. It's like the funnest yeah. thing. So it reminds me of, and you're going to kill me if you can't quote this scripture, but I think you can. Oh, dear. <laughs> um, in well. Revelation where he says, um, he talks about your testimony. Oh, yes. Um, that we overcome the enemy. Yes. Um, by the words of, of our, our testimony. By the blood of Jesus and the word of our testimony. testimony. So not only is there so much edification, but there's protection. Yes, absolutely. There's protection in me telling you, 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 me telling you my story, and you telling me yours. Like that is protection for us. Our testimonies give us protection over the enemy, for sure. And it also, uh, you cannot. The person who has an argument, but this is this and this is this, Mm. cannot stand with the person who has an experience. Mm -hmm. The person with an experience is always going to trump Mm -hmm. just because you can't argue somebody's experience away. If you have experienced God, if you have heard him, if you have seen him move on your behalf, there's not a single person in the world that's going to talk you out of what God has done because Mm -hmm. it has captured you. It is you have experienced him and he is real and Mm -hmm. Um, it can't be stolen by somebody with an argument. That's right. And that is how we defeat the enemy and legalism and all the other things that may come at you mm-hmm. um, and at us as we try to grow in our walk with him. There are definitely going to be some roadblocks. There's going to be some mountains to climb and mountains to move, you know, whichever way God shows us to do mm-hmm. it. But through that testimony, through knowing him personally, 
you don't have to you don't have to give in. You can just trust that he's going to take you where he wants you to go. Yeah. And nothing can steal um, what he has Your experience. For you. Mm-hmm. Nothing. Mm-hmm. So Paul also had um, disciples, and he was pretty bold. I'm just going to tell you, I don't know that I um, am ever going to be ready to say, hey, imitate me <laughs> as I imitate Christ. But he says that in 1 Corinthians 11, 1, he mm-hmm. says, um, be imitators of me. Like, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Um, and you almost want to go, oh, well, that was super arrogant, but not necessarily. While someone is building their relationship with Jesus, and it's still in those beginning stages, they're not close enough to follow him closely. So follow me as I follow Christ mm-hmm. um, until you can get them to a place where they can see Christ all by themselves mm-hmm. and they can follow Christ on their own. Um, it is actually a very humbling experience to be able to say, hey, follow me as I follow Christ because you know that it's your job to lead them to Christ. Mm-hmm. And that is no small responsibility. Um, and it also definitely makes you watch how you walk and mm-hmm. how you follow yeah. um, because you have people following you. It's like God's checks and balances. <laughs> it, it really is. Yeah. It really is. And um, But it also shows you how much Paul loved those people Mm -hmm. because he was like, just follow me and I'm going to get you to Jesus because that is the thing we, no matter who God puts in our lives, it's not, Hey, look at me. It's, Hey, let me point you to Jesus over and over again. Um, until they can see him Mm -hmm. for themselves Mm -hmm. because ultimately we should all be discipled by Jesus. Exactly. The Holy spirit lives inside of us and he is our teacher. Mm-hmm. In fact, in Scripture, um, they're told don't call anybody else rabbi because only Jesus should be our ultimate teacher. Um, and he came to teach. In fact, in Ezekiel, it even says no man will teach another man. That's part of the whole new covenant. Mm-hmm. It's because Jesus can lead us into all truth. That spirit mm-hmm. inside of us um, will lead us into all truth mm-hmm. um, when we start learning how to really hear that spirit the spirit Mm -hmm. inside of us, how we learn to become um, just sensitive to his move and sensitive Mm -hmm. to what he is saying and where he's directing and where he's just all the things. And that takes a little bit of time. Mm -hmm. And so in that time, God gives us each other Mm -hmm. to move us in the right direction. Mm -hmm. And it's almost like Paul understood so much the power within him. And he, you and I talked about this the other day, how he wrote letters, but he also didn't write anything that he hadn't. He probably hadn't experienced. When he says you become a new creation, he had experienced it. We know that, right? So he totally understood the power within himself to be able to say, imitate me as I imitate Christ, and knew that he was completely submitted. And through his submission, he could say, do this for sure because he was completely submitted to God for sure we yeah. can only disciple what we have personally experienced mm-hmm. and been taught um, otherwise it's going to be stale mm-hmm. um, when you have been re- when you have received fresh fresh revelation mm-hmm. from God when you have received fresh teaching um, just a freshness and when you share it, that freshness will stay. Mm-hmm. But you cannot teach something and you can't disciple something that you haven't experienced yourself because you have nothing to give. 
Mm-hmm. You can only give what you have received. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, in 1 John chapter 1, verse 3, um, John is talking and he said, What we have seen and heard is what we proclaim to you. Um, so that you can have fellowship with us. Mm-hmm. He only taught, he's only telling them, he's only proclaiming the things that he had personally seen and personally heard um, because there's power in that. There is mm-hmm. so much power in getting that fresh manna, that fresh bread straight from Jesus and then sharing that. It is going to be so sweet and taste so good to the person receiving it. They're going to go look for their own. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what we want. We want to share something that that excites someone's soul so that they then, in turn, go look to receive from Jesus personally. Mm-hmm. Because while we are called to disciple, we are also in that space to teach them how to be discipled by Jesus and then create disciples themselves mm-hmm. so that the process continues and continues and continues. And there should never be a stop. If anything, there's the multiplying thing. Mm-hmm. And I've... I'm thinking about um, the kingdom of heaven is like leaven that you put in bread. Mm -hmm. And I was writing the scripture today, and it's in 60 pounds of flour. This lady adds yeast to 60 pounds. Okay, that's a lot of flour. I just Mm -hmm. want to go on record as saying um, that is a lot of flour. And she puts yeast in it and works it all in. And I just imagine the kingdom of God, disciples being put in this world and working all into all the spaces and as we do that, the kingdom is going to make a difference and the whole thing rises. The mm, whole thing. That's good. Because of all mm-hmm. of the places that um, the yeast was able to get or all the places the disciples have traveled um, and the influence that they have had. Mm-hmm. So very, very discipleship um, is very much at the heart of what Salty does. Yes. Um, having a relationship with God, having a relationship with Jesus... Um, You can absolutely start and try to do it by yourself. You can start with listening to podcasts or reading a book or doing a Bible study or watching from afar. Mm -hmm. But eventually, Mm -hmm. you have to be able to share what you are receiving so that you can grow. Mm -hmm. For whatever reason, the way God has it set up is as you share is when so much growth happens because you're putting faith and you're speaking truth out, and it begins to build your own faith so that you experience more. Um, Mm -hmm. But discipleship is relational. Mm -hmm. Um, We can put some things in place um, like we are trying to do with Salty where they're just helps, Mm -hmm. but they are helps that are done within relationship. Mm -hmm. They are not meant to stand alone Mm -hmm. because it's not God's way. Mm -hmm. God's way is discipleship. And um, I used to say... Like, Beth Moore was my teacher. Mm-hmm. I had I have sat under Beth for years of my life, um, front row even in times, mm-hmm. sat with her and listened to her. And she has very much taught me so many things. And I know a lot of my original excitement about Jesus came from watching her be so excited. Mm-hmm. But I cannot say that she discipled me. She does not know me from Adam. Mm-hmm. Um No matter how many times I sat on that front row, she doesn't, and that is not discipleship. Mm -hmm. So I just want to encourage you, if you're on the other side of this listening to a podcast, ask God, hey, give me someone. Show me someone that can disciple me. Show me someone that I can follow Mm -hmm. until I can follow you closely. And then when you're ready, ask him to give you someone Mm -hmm. that you can then pour into. Amen. Because you want to be able to pour Mm -hmm. out what you have gotten. So I just... 
my encouragement as we end this Mm -hmm. is if you are not in some kind of discipleship relationship, Mm -hmm. it is vital to your growth in your relationship Mm -hmm. with Jesus. It's vital as you try to grow your spiritual gifts, as you start hearing him, it is just vital to have someone Mm -hmm. to share with and talk to. Yeah. And you have to believe and trust that we talked about this word random, but you have to believe and trust that God is in the randomness because Elijah got Elisha at the perfect time in God's perfect timing. I received you, God's perfect timing. Even though it seems so random, he's in the randomness. Oh, that is so good. That is so true. Yeah, he's in it. He's totally in it. So if they can have it in the Bible and I've experienced it, I know that you on the other side of this podcast can have it too. Yes, absolutely. God does not choose favorites. He's going to give it to anybody that's willing to seek. Yes, yep. And are you willing to, um, I don't want to say do the work, but be present. And be available. And be available. For sure. And just be ready for what he has. That is awesome. Mm -hmm. So, We're excited for you. We're just believing that God is going to put somebody in your life um, to make this work if he hasn't already. Um, Because it's how we end class, or in our podcast, it's actually how we end class. It's how we end everything Salty does, it seems like, is listening for God. So um, I am going to get Colleen to pray for us, and we are going to listen for God. Lord, thank you so much for who you are and for your word. And Lord, thank you for this... um, relationship with you. Thank you for um, giving us the dominion on earth here, Lord, for you to to work through us and for us to share our relationships with one another. Lord, as we listen for you, I pray that um, you silence um, any distracting thing that could get in the way, whether it be our own voice or um, the voice of the enemy, Lord. I bind him. I gag him in your name. In Jesus' name, he has no authority here. This is a safe place. Lord, open our ears, open our eyes, open our hearts to hear what you have to say. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, here we go with our listening questions. Question number one, what does God want you to see in the spirit realm right now? What does God want you to see in the spirit realm right now? Okay, so I saw, I'm of course with Jesus, and um, he's hugging me. And you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm a hugger, but I'm not a long hugger. Like, there's a point where it just gets weird, okay? So he's hugging me, and it gets to that point for me <laughs> where it's just weird, you know what I mean? And you're like, are you going to, you know, are you going to let go? Are you going to let go? And he's like, no, I'm not. He said, I'm not ever going to let go. He's okay with awkward. (laughs) (laughs) So I um, saw myself in the hot air balloon. Jesus is inside me. 
But what was really cool is I saw, like, with the Holy, I guess with the Holy Spirit action, because you can't really see what's binding them, but that balloons are connected to each other. So, like, my balloon is connected, and the balloons represent personal, people's personal relationships with Jesus, and he's connecting them. So there's, like, this group of balloons starting to be together. And I was like, so what is this about? I said, wouldn't that slow you down? And he said, actually, just the opposite. There's protection in numbers. Um, so that having more of these balloons connected, um, and they're connected, I guess, like through discipleship and as the Holy Spirit brings people, but there's also greater movement um, because there's more growth happening at a faster rate because of the learning from one another and what he's able to do. Yeah. So it was really cool to see all these balloons kind of coming together and, um, and people that would be like, it's like he would grab a balloon and drag it to tie it off with this group of balloons. Um, it was like he was bringing that person just along um, at like an incredible speed. So that was really cool. All right, number two. What action do you need to take based on what he maybe just showed you? What action do you need to take? Secure the ropes. Be aware of those who just are trying to are floating away. Um, That's really good. And I don't and I don't know what caused it. Maybe just inattention, time, just life happening, the distractions. You know, we know that sheep wander away, not on purpose, not intentional, but um, it's secure the secure the ropes that are there. So secure the connections that are there. Um, but also be aware of people that maybe in, unintentionally are starting to float away to pull them back in. Gotcha. Number three, how am I gonna provide help for you to do what I have asked you to do? Word. Mm, okay. So I have to 
just have to keep seeking, leaning in, keep seeking. All right, number four, what do you need to believe? What do you need to believe? What'd you get? I can do anything. Not me. God. He, God can do anything. Yeah, that he can do anything. Don't put limits on me. In other oh, words. Nice. I need to believe that he will speak through me and that he'll do the work. Mm -hmm. Like he's going to point who, he just needs to use my body, it sounds like. That he's going to speak through me and he'll do the work in their heart. That's good. And finally, number five. What new thing have I done in you this season? all of these things in his name. Amen.